Thanks for sitting down with me today. Would you mind introducing yourself with your name, pronouns, and the title you'd like to be referred by? Awesome. So my name is Nina Buzamondo Bernstein. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am the founder and CEO of Prehell Shadowing. Incredible. And can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your academic journey? Did you always know that you wanted to pursue an education in medicine? So I am currently a fourth year undergraduate student. Um, I spent my first two years at UC Merced and then I transferred over to UCSB to finish up my undergraduate career. And from a young age, I've always been really excited about the body. I feel like I've always been um, investigating, you know, my own self and the people around me and doing as much research as a young kid could. In that, um, I've always been very curious. And I think kind of getting older, I've been able to kind of plan out, you know, what that would look like for a long-term career and being able to put that curiosity into a lifetime adventure. Wow, that's great. Love that so much. And Pre-Health Shadowing is an exceptional program that helps so many students. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about the program and the opportunities it offers? Definitely. So Pre-Health Shadowing is a student-led nonprofit organization that was founded a little over two years ago. And we were founded during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. And I really started Pre-Health Shadowing because I noticed a lot of the inequities that were brought to light and exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. And I wanted to provide resources for myself, my peers, and really anybody that would be interested in obtaining those resources. And so um, we initially launched with a virtual shadowing program, which brought healthcare professionals from all over the world, um, focusing on the United States, Canada, but we do have professionals from India, um, Puerto Rico, um, and just all of these different areas really bring light to the different types of ways that we can practice, not only medicine, but nursing, dentistry, veterinary care, and bringing them to students that are interested in a low-risk environment in an accessible and flexible way. So that's initially how it started. Students were able to create their own schedule and you know, pick out which professionals they want to shadow. They were also able to kind of take control of like the exploration um, side of things. Because I think for a lot of students who don't have a history or a family background in healthcare, there's a huge barrier, you know, to even explore. Like, what's my first step? I don't know what to do. I don't have a mentor. I don't have someone to look up to. And I think that's, you know, the biggest thing that we wanted to address is, you know, how can we work to fight inequity in health education and to promote diversity in the various healthcare fields? Because at the end of the day, you know, everybody needs healthcare. You know, yeah. it's not something that just affects pre-health students, but it affects like the entire population of people. Yeah, wow, that's great. The flexibility, the wide reach of your program, so incredible. Um, can you describe just what an average shadowing session looks like? Yeah, definitely. So all of our shadowing sessions are about 90 minutes. We have approximately 45 minutes of like a presentation style where our professionals will bring in a little bit of their background, um, common knowledge in their field, maybe bring in some of the tools and instruments that they use on a recurring basis. And then, you know, maybe bring in some case studies. You know, here's an example of a 10-year-old girl who came in with, you know, inflammation. You know, what's the first thing we would do? Um, and so kind of approaching it um, from a almost kind of like how they would do it in medical school, you know, with case studies and, and bringing that in. And we try to make our sessions as interactive as possible. So oftentimes you'll see, you know, polls popping up or logging into things so that you can really interact with our speakers. 
The second half of the virtual shopping session is a Q&A session, and so students are really able to engage with our professionals, and they can ask their own questions, um, and they are able to connect, you know, more intimately with our professionals and be able to, you know, learn more, I would say. So, yeah, lots of times our students will, you know, one of their questions will be like, what's your email? Can I contact you? And then boom, you got a mentor. Boom, you have a job opportunity. Um, you know, you have an in-person shadowing opportunity once things open back up. And that's kind of what we saw happening as like now looking, you know, forward to things where things are opening up. Um, we've had, you know, people gain um, in-person shadowing opportunities with our professionals. We've had people get, um, you know, job opportunities, like moving, relocating to work with our professionals full time. Um, so it's been really awesome. Wow. To see yeah, that. that is so incredible. I love that. And starting a nonprofit from the ground up is a remarkable achievement. Did you face any obstacles along the way? And did any personal or educational experiences help you overcome them? Definitely. And I think this is something that is really important to talk about because you see, um, especially through social media, you see all of the successes, but, you know, we hardly talk about the failures. And so I think there are a lot of challenges, um, challenges that I experience on a daily basis and, um, you know, big obstacles to overcome. And I think, you know, one of those is kind of looking at my mission and looking at values. Um, And so I have this moral, um, one of my morals is really, you know, when I started this organization, my goal was to make it free, accessible, and so everything is completely free. We don't charge anybody. We have over 52,000 students globally. Nobody pays a penny to join our services, and so it's a little challenging because, like you mentioned, you know, having a nonprofit organization isn't free. You know, it costs money. You have to pay yeah. the government. You have to pay website, you know, mailing services, you know, just platforms to keep things running. And so, um, you know, one of the challenges was really finding funding. Yeah. And I think the way that school has helped me prepare for that was, one, giving me opportunities to network. Um, I think that's one thing that, you know, I really advocate for. You know, we are so, like, blessed to be at this university where there is uh, different programs to support students specifically. And there's networks, there's alumni, there's, um, you know, student services. And so I think kind of just reaching out and utilizing your networks as much as possible is one of the most important things that has helped me. Um, You know, additionally, I think finding mentors and, uh, you know, talking things out because it's like, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. You know, it's like these things have been done before. People have failed at them before. People have succeeded at them before. So looking at those failures, looking at successes from other people and being able to transform that into uh, my own reality, I think has been really beneficial. One of the other challenges that I'd like to highlight is the fact that we are a volunteer-based organization. And so, you know, I kind of mentioned funding. Uh, One other thing is nobody on my team is getting paid, not even me as the CEO. This is completely volunteer-based. And so we have people on my team that are dedicating, you know, anywhere from 10 to 40 hours a week, um, which is almost like a full-time job that people are doing in corporate settings and doing similar positions that people are getting paid six, seven figures to do, you know, doing finance, doing grant writing, you know, managing our live sessions. And um, yeah, no one's getting paid. And so I think one thing that we struggle with in our organization is being able to, you know, keep up with what the organization needs. Um, There's so many moving parts and you have people who are full-time students that are in research labs, that are doing other extracurriculars, that have family commitments and 
are also trying to fit in pre-heal shadowing. And so I'm so grateful for my team for really trying to make it work um, and really prioritizing not only the organization, but prioritizing themselves, you know, being able to say, hey, you know what? I have midterms this week. I'm putting out an email responder. I'm going to be a little bit, you know, I'm going to have a little lag on my email. I hope that's okay. And I think that's something that um, is a challenge that I have learned to, um, you know, personally also uh, absorb into my own ways of living. I think that's a challenge that I have personally adopted into my own academic, professional, and personal self is really advocating for myself and, you know, needing the time, um, you know, when I need time. So I support that for anybody in a professional academic setting. You know, we have a lot of things going on. And of course, at the end of the day, everybody's just going to keep asking for more, asking for more. And so really being able to draw the line and you know, set down, okay, I'm going to contribute as much as I can. And, you know, this is as much as I can do for right now. And that is totally okay. Yes. Thanks for sharing. And speaking of volunteers, um, how can someone get involved if they want to volunteer or just participate in the pre-health shadowing program? That's a wonderful question. So we have a website, prehealthshadowing.com, where you can log in, create a free account with your name and email, and you can uh, go to our Join Our Volunteers page. You can sign up to be a volunteer and complete a one hour long training course. From there, you can pick asynchronous or synchronous activities, whether that be professional outreach, grant writing, fundraising, a plethora of other things. I wish I could name them all, but that would take literally hours. We also have um, opportunities for students to start up their own projects. And so one project that I like to highlight is the Caring Cards project that was started by Crystal Mireas, uh, who was at the time a freshman at Texas A&M University. And she created an initiative that um, involved over 200 volunteers where they created uh, cards for um, older people in nursing homes through the pandemic to provide a friend and to, uh, you know, help with social engagement and their interaction, since that is something that is vital to brain health and happiness. Can you tell me a little bit about the impact and the reach pre-health shadowing has had? Yeah, so to date, we have impacted over 52,000 individuals, pre-health students, students, globally with our virtual shadowing sessions. And within that, we have over 4,300 student volunteers that are helping us maintain the organization, uh, set out on their own projects. And we have over 350 hours of virtual shadowing available asynchronously on our website right now. So if any of you are listening, thinking, how am I going to get some hours in? Um, we have 350 hours on our website. So definitely check that out. You can create your own schedule and uh, create goals and, you know, look at specific individuals that you're looking to um, look after. We also have provided over 121,000 certificates to students. And so, you know, one thing I did not mention is that all of our hours are verifiable and certifiable, which means you will earn a certificate after each virtual shadowing session with your name, the number of hours completed, and the professional that you have shadowed. Um, this is a wonderful opportunity to provide proof for the great work that you've been doing um, on your own time. 
Wow. Um, and you have made such an incredible difference in the lives of so many college students. So my last question that I want to ask you is if you had any advice for students who are pre-med or just might be looking for some hands-on experience or maybe students looking to make a difference in their community like you have. Yeah, I would give advice of, you know, really just looking around. I think there's so many wonderful opportunities and resources out there. And one way that I used to think was I was like, oh, well, I'll just wait for something to come to me. You know, I'll wait for to get an email of here's an opportunity. Nina, I think you should do this. Um, And what I've learned quickly is that's not productive. It's not how the world works. You know, if you want something, you really have to go after it, whether it be. Uh, you know, research opportunity, you know, really reaching out, engaging, um, reading the research, providing your own, you know, small research before even going in, Um, whether it be shadowing, you know, just getting the ground running and pre-health shadowing is a great way to start that before you maybe go into an in-person opportunity, start with virtual shadowing, you know, see how you like it, because that will really add one thing to your list of reasons, whether it be a pro or a con, maybe you look at it and you're like, you know what, this is not for me. And that is totally okay. And I think that's something that um, is really great is to just search around, see what you enjoy, see what's working, see what's not working. If something is not working and you feel like you can do something about it, do something about it, you know? And I think that's something that, um, you know, I hold very true to my heart is, you know, if things are working well, you know, (laughs) if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if something's really not working and you're seeing that there's so many problems coming from that, for example, access to health education, do something about it. Find creative solutions, reach out to people, see, you know, what they think, and uh, put your head down and do it sometimes, you know? So I would say my biggest piece of advice is really to just continue moving. You know, the path can change, the plan can change, but don't sit still, you know? Whether it be moving in a direction of self-care, whether it be moving in a direction of professional development or personal development, I think always work on something. Um, And working on something can mean resting too, which is something I used to not understand. So I think keep moving, don't stop swimming, and I wish you guys all the luck. Thank you guys so much for having me and thank you for listening. Thanks for coming in, Nina. I'm LV Faust with KCSB News.